welcome back to Date Car Pod. I'm Jenna, and we're back again for week two of Gary Turner's journey to find love on what is it's it's becoming the thing I actually look forward to every week is what I'm watching The Golden Bachelor, seeing all the women making their various strange Instagram posts and promotion for it is the light of my life, and then of course two hours of Bachelor in Paradise, but. I'm trying not to make that feel like a punishment. <laughs> not quite, but it's almost feeling like that. And to talk about it this week, I'm very excited to have back a friend, a friend of the podcast, uh, writer, Samantha Allen. Welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. I, I hope that from now on, people know me not as the author of Patricia Wants to Cuddle, but as the author of Travis Kelsey Explained for Gays. The- <laughs> internet sensation <laughs> you're like it's literally i you posted this article on them yesterday and and then i was like oh i have a get i am talking i am talking to her tomorrow <laughs> people who haven't spoken to me for years messaged me about that article it was pretty funny yeah this was an explainer of who travis kelsey was for my fellow queer community who Many of us don't watch football or, yeah, understand who this man is. Yeah, truly. And we and we needed it. Like, I didn't know that he was a Libra. I guess it makes sense because his birthday is, I think, today. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just, it's really hard-hitting journalism that we definitely needed. And it has been a whirlwind of a couple weeks. And, like, do you watch football? Like, are you in it? Like, have you been having to have conversations with people who like know you as someone who is in the pop culture world and like are you a swifty even do you consider yourself that like what's so many questions i, I do not watch football i do well i watch soccer which yes. is what most of the world thinks of as football <laughs> i watch the wnba yeah i'm a big seattle storm fan and the wnba is coming to san francisco which is exciting cool to see the league growing so no yeah. i don't watch football am i a swifty uh i like the i think the pop songs she writes have more artistry and authorship than a lot of pop music i've heard mm-hmm. i wouldn't say it still hits the level where i'm like oh this is extremely my jam yeah but i like admire it and find it listenable and i would say i have a swifty friend who's been trying to slowly indoctrinate me which has led to sort of a morbid fascination with the gaylers yeah i would say i started out in gayler denial and then i saw all the stuff about (laughs) i'm gonna sound so no, everyone is right there with you. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but like the big sir stuff, but I have questions about yes. all of that. Yes. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh, I mean, truly, like I tell people, like I have become an actual genuine fan of hers. And like, I really love a lot of her lyricism and that kind of stuff. But I mean, truly for the first year, at least, of my fandom of hers which has only been like it's approaching two years now uh is is the gayler of it like i i find a lot of these pop songs and these songs more enjoyable in my head because i'm thinking about the the gayness that i'm like either projecting onto it or or is there who's to say but like it feels good to me regardless you know but 
I I did not expect myself to like feel this connected to a, a billionaire and it's it's tr quite troubling but uh yeah like the gayler will get you like it, it it'll you just one day all of a sudden you're like wow now I'm thinking about daisies you know and you're like how did I like you're seeing it everywhere <laughs> I mean I have questions yes like go, give me a, how give me. much of gaylorism do you feel is motivated by like people just kind of have a crush on Taylor Swift Oh, uh, how much? I mean, actually, probably, probably a good amount, to be honest. And so much so that I wager that if she were to ever, like, explicitly come out in, like, a big, you know, whatever, that a lot of her fans who were straight identifying would question their like their identity like I, maybe that's a problematic thing for me to say but i will i've been on the the internet enough to see so many of her straight fans like obsessed with her in a way that's like pretty gay you know um okay, in my opinion <laughs> so i'm just like if the, if she all of a sudden was like hey it's okay to be bi and then they would be like wait a second have i been having bisexual feelings about taylor because i know a lot of gaylers i mean I mean, I find her hot. Like, I would literally, I want to be the chair in vigilante shit performance. Like, <laughs> she can sit on me any day. Like, I, I will wear her like a necklace. Like, literally, I'm, I am I bought this dress for her to take it off. Absolutely. But, yeah, so I, I think there's probably a, a, a decent amount. I mean, there's definitely a lot of projections in the Gaylor community of, like, our own personal, like, lesbian situationships that we have completely put on this woman that may not be there. <laughs> I'm glad to hear you speak about it so explicitly. I mean, in my as my investigations continue, my Instagram Reels algorithm has been just absolutely destroyed. Yeah. And so I do sort of feel like you're right. I, I feel like a lot of the content I'm seeing, I'm sure much of it is produced by bisexual and lesbian women, but there's a ton of her fans that are just straight women. And like all of the content is like, did you see the thing she does with her tongue at the start of the yes. reputation set? Or like, yes. do you see the chair plop? And I'm yes. like, you're, you're kind of just like gay for her. Like, it's like, they're like, they know her, her like bra size. They know like everything about her. And they genuinely are like, oh my God, did you see the way that her like hip like did this? And like, and then they'll say things like, I'm no better than a man. I'm like, you could just be bi. Like, why are you trying to like center again, men, and like, why are you perverting it, right? Because like a lot of the issues that Gaylers experience, whether they seek it out un unconsciously or not, which is a whole other TED piece I could probably do, is, you know, they get, we get told that we're like fetishizing her and that we're disgusting for even just thinking about her maybe like being in bed with a woman. And it's like, and that's frustrating to hear though, right? You're like, well, how is this, why are we being called perverts, you know? Like you're completely making all of this, this nasty thing when you could just appreciate a woman's body, either in a straight way, like, or in maybe a bisexual or gay way. And like, it's okay. And I think a lot of them are going to have to, I think a lot of them have come to start thinking like, what's going on in my head? Like, I mean, all of us have started to be like, are we, am I, am I straight? Like, or do I just want male validation? You know? Yeah. I mean, my other question for you is how much of it do you think taylor swift is aware of oh a hundred percent of it 
she's very online yeah as i understand yeah. it right yeah yeah so why do you think she doesn't just stop it one way or the other she, well you know i mean i think she doesn't stop it because she is some kind of queer and the reason why she doesn't explicitly come out there's lots of there's lots of pretty valid or not valid reasons for that that it like would take us like an hour to go into that you know like but i mean i, I it's, in the end i don't fault anyone who thinking that who i don't fault anyone who might think that that's cowardly or capitalistic you know because i i kind of agree on the capitalistic part i don't necessarily agree on the cowardly part if you listen to some of the music you start to think like this woman is pretty if if this is the case she's pretty tortured by the fact that she participated in her own closeting mm. you know, for years and years on a international global level you know uh i don't know so like there's there's reason to think that it was now that she you, is a reason to think that she's just kind of now living her life and letting the cards fall where they are and that is in some people's eyes still cowardly right because of all the stuff that is happening to the queer community and i don't you know like i said i, I don't fault anyone for thinking that you know but I'm having a good time looking at this woman who's towing the line. And in my opinion, I think she's pretty out. Like there has been a lot of songs that have come out in the last couple albums and a lot of different things that she's done that to me scream very loudly bisexual. Like she doesn't have to come out. Like she doesn't have to say, no, you know, why, why do people have to do these explicit come outs, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm sort of torn on it. Like I sort of think like coming out, coming out still does matter. Yeah, it like, does. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it does. And but, yet, uh, yeah, I am kind of glad that it's becoming more casual or people don't necessarily feel like they need to label things, mm -hmm. but like a star of her wattage right. would matter. And I think that's the part of Gaylorism where I struggle a little bit is like, <laughs> I think I saw someone on the Reddit or something be like, well, you know, she'd be okay, but she's thinking about the people who work for her or something. And I'm like, you know, let's not like turn her into Mother Teresa. We can want her to mm -hmm. come out if she is queer without thinking that she's like not doing it so that like her private chef and uh No, none, uh, of, none of that. No, yeah. that's not no no no. I mean I think like I said, I do think there are some nuanced conversations to talk about why she hasn't yet not really saying like she should continue those reasons but i can see ways in which it has gotten so bad and she has put herself in a the, the most weird corner that i've i like i don't even like the amount that she would be accused of like lying is like it's just so weird i don't like it's weird and it, like if you are in the closet like you're not lying right you're surviving but like i don't it's so weird because we're talking about a billionaire, like almost billion. I don't. <laughs> She's got me in a chokehold, but I'll just say that I, 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 I hope it happens. But I, I also am pretty satisfied listening to her music, knowing in my heart, I believe that she's, you know, pretty out. So we'll see. Yeah. But lyrically, you know. straight people just don't use that many adjectives and names for hues of different colors. That's, that's just my opinion. Yeah, there's like, there's it, the amount of things that have pointed to that stuff is like kind of wild. Some of it I'm like, you guys are actually kind of like, you're totally insane. 
like that shirt is not a lesbian flag that whatever is not you know but then there's like other times where it's like pretty blatant and there's like no other way you can really look at it you know and i'm just like mm. uh. <laughs> but people don't even yeah people just uh but i do think she's aware of it and i think i think at some point you have to admit that she is like capitalizing off of it and i mean she got my money twice i'm going to the concert twice so she's like a lurker right in that she like people know that she's seeing so much stuff on tiktok and tumblr but she doesn't like post very much yeah yeah, right? yeah she used to post a lot back in the day and then she doesn't anymore um but she like she's liked gayler videos she's like you know they're pretty they're like usually like they're not like a gayler like videos where they're like let me explain to you the importance of the, the daisy or whatever right it's not like one of those it's like it's a gayler who's well known thirsting over taylor thirsting over another woman or whatever and like in the hashtags it'll say like lgbt betty or whatever which is like a gayler hashtag right and she will have liked it and you're like okay you know like <laughs> you know and she'll reference things on stage that are like clearly online fan jokes and references and then she'll say it and you're like yeah she knows whether somebody's telling her or she's online herself she knows yeah my my swifty friend and i and i i don't want to just call her my swifty friend because i feel like that reduces the rich complexity of her personhood <laughs> we, we we joke that she's kind of she's jigsaw-esque like um she's laying all these little traps and numbers and it's low-key kind of terrifying to me no it is <laughs> No, the amount of times like I just last night isolated myself like I like totally made like two people in a group chat very uncomfortable because I just like went off on some crazy conspiracy theory about it and they're just like Jenna I'm pretty sure blah 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 and I was like oh okay and then I just was like why am I like this it's because she's just encouraged this behavior she's encouraged this like number seeking like yeah, the numerology stuff is interesting. <laughs> I mean, crazy. just my plea to the Gaylor community is please don't get into phrenology, you know? <laughs> like, draw the line somewhere. Please, absolutely. Don't oh start God. talking about her bisexual skull ridge or something like that. Uh, you, you've got to stop before you get into the more racist oh, pseudosciences. Please. <sighs> Oh, I know there's one TikToker that was like talking about angel numbers. I was like, I've gone too far. I need to back up. I don't, I'm not ready for this conversation. <laughs> Good times. Speaking of, I was going to try to make a gay subway, subway, a gateway, a gay segue. Um, but I don't, I don't, jury's out on if any one of these women is, is, is bisexual or gay, but let's talk about the Golden Bachelor because I've, I am gay for Gary. That's what I'm, that's going to be the tagline for this. Gay for Gary. Um, the Golden Bachelor, it's finally happened. And I, what are your thoughts and feelings? What have you, are, are you excited? Are you loving it? Tell me if you hate it too. I want to hear everything. Almost too many feelings. It yeah. is swiping at the cobwebs in my, cold heart <laughs> um i sort of like wasn't prepared to feel genuine emotion watching a bachelor franchise show again yeah and it's a little terrifying to feel right. like there are 
actual emotional stakes to the things that are happening. <laughs> so I feel a bit on a high wire watching it because I'm like, getting sent home from this show is different than getting sent home on The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. Like for many women in this situation, like Gary might be one of the few remaining opportunities they have to meet someone and that is terrifying to say Mm -hmm. um and i'm sure you know they'll be able to continue dating in their own spheres i don't want to doom anyone to a life of loneliness they don't want but i just (laughs) i feel it more at the rose ceremonies than i ever have before is i guess what i'll say that's no okay because we haven't we really haven't approached that element of it and like it gets uh my friend connie and i were like tweet texting last night and they said like uh take a drink every time you hear oh, what was the word i can't remember not widow but something like that and i was like yeah and drink anytime they mention like there's no time like really left like there's no time to waste like this is our we are here we're not wasting any time in this reference to like they're all acutely aware of how finite their time is to find this next great love of their life is not at all not being like it's the opposite of subtle but at some point it starts kind of going through my head where i'm not even like really hearing it but as you said like in some realities, this might be the case and that you feel it more. You really do see it. And like one of the women, I think it was Ellen, when he gave her a picture, a framed picture of their their time on the group date and her emotions around that were so like, oh my God, <laughs> like, wow. This is like, Ellen at least is approaching this. Like she, I seemingly I'm projecting this, but she seemingly believing this is her like kind of last chance to find somebody who's even remotely this nice to her. And I was like, oh, I have a lot of complex feelings about that. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, this show is really, it's high stakes feeling. <laughs> yeah, the fact that they don't feel immortal anymore is what gives it emotional resonance, but it also makes it a little anxiety inducing to yeah. watch, I suppose. Yeah. At the same time, when I'm able to kind of shut down my my beating heart and just put on my raw like millennial generational warfare like yeah. <laughs> armor i forget who said it but someone at some point in these first couple episodes is, is like i feel like i have so much life left to live and i'm like in my mid-30s and i'm like i feel like i've got maybe like three three good years left tops <laughs> i'm like the boomers feel like they they feel like their time in some sense is winnowed but in another sense they feel like they're gonna live forever and they're right (laughs) gary will be 500 in in an iron lung (laughs) absolutely he will still be living a more comfortable and beautiful life than i ever will (laughs) in my remaining years struggling millennial absolutely like what, last night somebody was like cheers to social security and i almost turned off my tv i was like that was too far that was too far like yeah. i the, i'm not gonna have social security like benefits like you nancy or whatever fucking like um and i and it, you're right like in some ways i think like we talked about this in the previous episode of like 
they don't they all have you know houses in theory like they you know uh obviously not all seniors in our society have these class comforts but the women on this show yeah do appear to be all within a higher bracket of income even if they are retired where they all have had they all have houses they all they don't have to leave their jobs to come on the show they are so there's no sense of like the tears from the previous the the main show is oh my god i quit my job and i got sent home week two this tears are a different tears of like what we just mentioned they're not worried about the same things that i would be worried about <laughs> yeah on the main show they're like going into debt buying cocktail gowns mm -hmm. for ceremonies that mm -hmm. they may never get to attend mm -hmm. like when you see the opening of bachelor in paradise and you see everybody throwing their clothes into bags and putting their suitcases into tiny little Kias to mm -hmm. drive to the airport or whatever. It's <laughs> like, we all live such ticky tacky little, little lives. <laughs> and then you go over to the golden bachelor and it's like, you know, they come from a generation when you could like go to the corner store and buy a stick of gum and a three bedroom house, you know, truly, like truly the, the minute that there's an episode moment, where one of them like talks down about like their grandchild or some shit, I will lose it. <laughs> like if I hear like, oh, well, you know, Christopher can't buy a house because he's eating too, too much avocado toast. Am I right, Gary? And then they have a good chuckle. Like I will like scream my ass off. <laughs> Cheers to social security. Also, we elected collectively as a generation, the people who will destroy that before. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we just want the millennials and Gen Xers to pay into it so that we can go on cruises oh, and then <laughs> pull the ladder up behind us. <laughs> and go on a show like this because they still have to have money to go. Okay, anyway, damn. But they're lovely and yeah, it's fun them. to watch. And yeah. Gary has, kind of sounds like a more human Kermit the Frog, which I find very endearing. Yeah. There's a touch of the Kermit to his voice. Thank you. I've I been love. trying to place it. Okay, it's a Muppet. Yeah. <laughs> Gary the Bachelor here. I've never driven on a highway before. <laughs> when you touch my arm, it makes me feel very calm. <laughs> Which they they need to take better care of these older folks. You do not make a 70-year-old sleep on the top bunk of a bunk bed and don't have someone drive a classic convertible down the left lane of the 405. Um. In, like, not even Twilight, like, full, like, past Twilight. Like, it's not, like, even sunsetting anymore. It's dark almost. And, like, I was dying. Like, we, okay, so we immediately... So the question of the hour that we've all been asking is where are these broads going to sleep? Like, it's been on every podcaster's tongue. Like, what is going to happen? And we fucking got the answer. They did. They gave some of them beds and then they still have bunk beds. I would wager these bunk beds are nicer looking than the ones they make the fucking 22-year-old sleep on. But it was jarring to see they actually committed to the bit i could not believe it i was pretty shocked like yeah. 
you can still keep up the appearances of filming at the bachelor mansion and then just rent a freaking holiday Inn express or something like that uh, yeah some three-star hotel would still be way more comfortable than like six to a room i mean yeah I, know they... I referenced my age before, but I'm in my mid-30s, and I'm already at the age where I'm, like, getting up in the middle of the night to pee, and I'm like, you you put all of these women in one room? Yeah. And I know that that's, like, the goal is to psychologically torture them in a way and, and make them, like, either trauma bond. I know I'm using that phrase wrong, but, you know, like, or start to hate each other because of internal conflict within staying in the same room but i just i imagined that they would at least take over like a couple more rooms in the mansion like it's a it's a person's house so they're you know there's probably there has to be at least five bedrooms like and maybe in the normal season they only use two or one and shove them all in that but like could we not take over the other bedrooms you know for this particular season and they could all still be you know you know Five to a room, but all on single beds, not bunk beds. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's crazy. It, I mean, where does Gary, Gary gets to sleep in his own, his own little palace, right? The, yeah, the little bachelor a, pad. Yeah, there's a little pad that's down the driveway or some shit. Um, yeah, it's wild. I mean, and it, but it was funny, of course, because they're like Sandra's like, I'm not a top. I just had my knees are not good enough to be a top, and I was like, girl, same. Like I, can't. <laughs> that's why I'm not a top either, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the, uh, the bunk bed idea should have been stopped. <laughs> well in advance. Well in advance. Um. And yeah, and then so he gets, oh, and then, you know, so Jesse's like, hey, ladies, you you're enjoying the torture house we've put you in? Great. Uh, so excited you're here. Here's a, here's a date card. All the women are screaming. And then one of the women's like, what is that? No, what is it? I don't know what it is. And Jesse's like, it's like, you dumbass, it's a date card. Uh, it was What that a was refreshing a contrast yeah. to like Bachelor in Paradise where they're like, Oh my God! Did you know Haley got the first impression rose on Ben's season? They're like, yeah, exactly. They're so in the weeds on it. They're honestly like fantasy football players, and, and then to come to this show and they're like, "Well, are you just like gonna leave that there? Like, what is what, what is it? What happens now? <laughs> is it a bill? Like, I don't really know." Um, and. Teresa gets the first one-on-one date of the entire, you know, season. So exciting. And we get a, yeah, like a classic dinner date. But of course, senior fashion, they had to take us to a little diner and make it very like, if you didn't forget, it's old fashioned. It's just old fashioned. Yeah, his car did not, it, it looked like a death trap. His lights were not really working. He had like the kind of there's like two lights on the car and i guess like he had some on but he didn't have like the real headlights i maybe he just didn't know how to turn them on i don't really know um but it did look pretty terrifying to be on that highway in seriously can. i mean since that car was designed the trend in car design has been like everyone drives enormous gas guzzling tanks down the interstate 
So you're like essentially in like a hot wheel <laughs> at that at that point. Yeah, and like I couldn't. I, I was like even taken back when they got in and they were like driving from the mansion. I didn't see where there could be any like uh you know seatbelt going across your chest, and I was like that must just be lap belts, which also made me upset. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was a little too real. I mean, the hearing aid thing in mm -hmm. episode one, that was cute. But like, to make me at the start of the episode be thinking about like, my late grandparents driving at night. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my like, <laughs> can't we just have fun? Do I have to feel so scared for the senior <laughs> citizens? The question I got last week is, do you think they'll do like a big sports day? And I, and I think that we will get some version of our beloved games, you know, fight to the death and some version of it and how it's going to make me uncomfortable, but probably more so make me annoyed that they have to have commentary about it more than anything. Like, I'm just not looking forward to that. Like, I'm 71 and I can still do I'm just like, I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. But they do um, not have the insurance to have right. these women play football, yeah, to contact football. I'm not sure, yeah, exactly, like, what sport is it going to be, we'll see. But but I, what I didn't expect is this kind of shit, where I'm, like, genuinely worried for their, like, safety from, like, yeah. a normal activity or whatever. I was just like, oh, my God. I hope the takeaway, if they keep doing this format, is, like, we don't want to see them fragile. We want to see the nice old people get taken care of. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to see them sleeping on bunk beds, like having to flat iron each other's hair. I want, show, show me them getting treated to like a spa day before their date with Gary. Just like, I want to see them having a nice little time. <laughs> some good smoothies and a good breakfast and i want to see it be like exactly so yeah i'm uh, not like i want to see the young people sort of get mildly tortured but still in a like a controlled humane way not like full-on stanford experiment but just kind of like a quarter of the way there but with the with the old people i kind of feel like i want to I'm like watching the sea otters at the aquarium or something like that. Uh -huh. Like, yeah. show me, show me them getting little treats, getting to relax, and <laughs> occasionally doing cute things. Like, <laughs> and just being like, oh. <laughs> uh, so they made it alive to the diner and they share a milkshake and over milkshake, two, two, two straws, one cup. They, uh, we find out that Teresa is also a widow, um, and her story is much like Gary's in that her husband was also her high school sweetheart. They were together for over 40 years, and then he started having some health issues that they were hopeful might, you know, um, be able to get a transplant and work past. And then he wasn't feeling good one day and she had to rush home to hold him during his dying breaths. Stuff is real. Real. It, it is kind of amazing that it's like prime time reality television. I mean, you know, like people have talked about all sorts of traumatic things on reality TV, sharing their backstories. Your average episode of Survivor has 
harrowing stories like this, but to see it so like frankly told to another human who's experienced something similar is like wow. Yeah. It was pretty breathtaking television. And then they're like, surprise, we hired a bunch of extras to dance to Journey. <laughs> like, wrong time, everybody. <laughs> and like, also, Connie's like, mm, I wonder if those were dancers, not actors, because of the strike. Like, uh, <laughs> probably were. But uh, yeah, truly. You know, and, and you make a good point. Like, well, oftentimes on the on the Bachelor specifically or in Bachelorette, we get somebody sharing their traumatic story, and the lead is doing the just the oh my god, you're so strong, wow, wow, uh, and then maybe they'll slightly relate to it, you know? They're like, oh yeah, I had yeah. a grandma die once too, uh, kind of vibes or whatever. Yeah, and once then... <laughs> my dog had had to have its leg put in a cast. <laughs> Exactly. They're like, and I totally get it. Like we are strong individuals, but to have just knowing we know where Gary stands on this is, yeah, incredibly, it's just different. It's a different experience for us as a viewer. And it's seemingly for the women too. Cause like I, what is so validating is later on another woman, one of three <laughs> that we learned this episode that are widows, uh, tells them in the bunk bed, how'd they get up there? Um, and it's and she's just like so validated by it because like he of course understands you know and it's just like wow what a great concept too to like see these women just being immediately validated yeah they have like an emotional vocabulary that is frankly staggering when juxtaposed with bachelor in paradise partially as a function of life lived partially as a function of being raised in an environment where our education system was not broken. But it's like, it is sort of astonishing to hear people speak in complete well-formed sentences about their life and life experiences. I'm like, what is going on? You know? Yeah. And like, like actively listening to the other yeah. person in the process. Yeah, like you're going from Golden Bachelor where Gary's like, I didn't just feel like I was losing my partner. I felt like I was losing my best friend to like Bachelor in Paradise where it's like, like, and then he came over and I was like, no. Nah. And then I was like, yeah. And you're like, well, does, does this track semantically? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? It's fucked, dude. It's fucked Fuck. i it's i honestly think they're they're ruining paradise for me they're ruining it i checked out so much last night like truly could not care and i hate that because like i normally like messy incomplete sentence weird bullshit like i'm a fucking consumer of the show like but i was just like i don't care about this conversation that Avon and Kylie are having right now. Like, I can't, like, uh, and you can't convince me that you guys did more, didn't do more than a couple likes and a fire emoji. Um, so yeah, anyway, so it's, yeah, it's great. It's so enjoyable, <laughs> but it's the dichotomy of it all is truly doing something to my brain. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that, that, that flash mob was pretty great. Give that cameraman a fucking raise. I was tearing up. It's just the way it was just like, and then he goes and grabs the rose off the the hood of the car 
and gives it to her while all the like dancers are around them and such a it was so good uh, i love when you can catch occasional glimpses of the extras or non-sag performers that they found uh like sometimes you catch them just being like what what the hell am i doing <laughs> and there was literally one guy kind of behind yeah, her in the background <laughs> exactly. yeah. i remember he did take it out for me for a second i was like oh Hey, Bray, like yeah. Brandon, you probably don't. You're just like, uh. Yeah, you can see the moment where he's like, I moved here to become the next Brando. <laughs> and now I'm pretending to be a, a drive up bar hop at a burger stand. Don't stop believing. <laughs> I mean, I, I could do without the flash mob. If I'm eating a hamburger and and I'm told that I'm part of a flash mob, I'm not participating. I'm there for the hamburger. Yeah, um, yeah. But, and don't make Gary dance. That's my my plea. Don't force him to dance. He's a nice old man who sounds kind of like a Muppet. He shouldn't. He's not very good at it either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah muppets uh, don't dance people have to manipulate the muppets limbs to make them look like they're dancing and gary is the same way ours are just wailing uh i really i'm going to try to find some good imagery for this maybe i'll make a tiktok um so yeah and then they do um a group date and it uh this was like so fun to me because not only did I get to see my bestie Franco de la Costa or Franco la Costa, uh, a real photographer, uh, the jury's out. Uh, I like, can someone <laughs> hire him to take images for money? I believe so. I went to his website once, he's definitely like, and he has had a long history of doing fashion, photo, staging and like design or like maybe like styling rather um he seems like a really sweet father he's like a really sweet gay father he's so it's really cute but i do not think we're uh, yeah to a one like at least a one human okay i think he's i a can husband. picture him with small dogs yeah not to yeah. judge no yeah <laughs> i'm sure yeah. he's a lovely father of an yeah. actual human yeah my he, first instinct though was he has a small terrible <laughs> terrible dog a terrible dog that he loves greatly yeah uh he probably does too but he has a, a daughter i believe and uh he but i do not believe for one second that he has ever taken a single photo that we have been shown on the television show the bachelor bachelorette or because when bachelor. they do the little screenshot stills i'm like this is the worst image i've ever seen literally the worst <laughs> image every time Every time. And they, they were so bad during Clacia season that they had to add a Barbara Walters blur filter to the photos. Anytime we saw them, these ones were at least clear. But I was like, this is still a bad photo. And my J Anon is that they're screens shots from the camera, like the film, cam like the, you know what I'm saying? Like the, what's the, how do I say the word? You know what I'm saying? The people who are like literally filming them, you know, like somebody took a, still from yeah, that it's a production still it's, yeah yeah it's... <laughs> but why wouldn't why wouldn't franco let them use the actual photos i don't know i i, I don't know 
I want to know so badly. But the camera looks off. Like, last night, I was like, the screen is black. Like, I don't... There's camera sounds happening, but I think those are ADA'd in or whatever. Um, It's just so... So funny to me. I don't I'm worried. Understand. Sometimes I'm worried. it seems like he's more or less holding the camera in an arbitrary place. He's like, he's yeah. just like, he's like flipping his wrist around, just kind of going, yes, yes, no, give me more. Now why don't you kiss him? And he's just flopping it around, and, and there's clicks happening, but there ain't no clicks happening. Okay? I am pretty fascinated. By him, I feel like he was hired or brought on in an era of The Bachelor when they were like, "This will be funny to have like a gay man doing this." Sort of like, have you seen like um, what's it, Father of the Bride or something, where Martin Short is playing like the flamboyant wedding planner? It felt like they were like, "Let's do that (laughs) on The Bachelor." Yeah, I um, to listeners, I watched two episodes of. Vanderpump Rules the first season this last weekend and they're doing a gay pride parade in one of the episodes I think the second episode maybe and there's like a gay producer who's producing the float for Lisa Vanderpump or whatever and it was like it's Franco it was just like this sassy over exaggerated like gay man for value for like entertainment purposes only and that's what Franco is. And it's so like weird to me, <laughs> but I love it. And I'm glad he's back because he hasn't been back for like at least two seasons. And I was like, what did he do? Was he team Chris Harrison? Like I need to know, except for actually, I know for a fact he's not team Chris Harrison because when he got fired, he posted like in solidarity, I, something. It was very subtle, but it was like not team Chris Harrison. Anyway, uh, they do a, a, a romance novel photo shoot and it's a, goddamn mess but it's just fun to watch it's very bachelor you know i felt like i felt at home you know and i didn't feel like anyone was gonna die so that was nice yeah it does kind of feel like they really are just trying to transpose the regular formula onto it and seeing what happens Mm -hmm. there's a kind of social experiment aspect to that where they're like well, this worked with the 20 year olds. Let's like see what happens now. And that'll be interesting. But I I suppose I'd rather see in future iterations a more tailored experience. Yeah. Like the the even the entire concept of the group date seems like it's trying to rile up a certain like animus between the women that mm-hmm. I don't think you can necessarily engineer in the same way among this age group like Mm -hmm. life has been trauma enough for for people who have made it to that age that I feel like I don't know like part of the appeal to a producer of like a gaggle of 22 year old women is like they've experienced nothing (laughs) so if you strip them of any sensory stimulation they just become like raw ego and id bouncing off each other and it's like if you take that away from these older women they still have like children and mortgages and like a sense of a more sense of self and like yeah shit like they kind of still know who they are even when you take everything away from them and so they're not gonna like i don't know 
Wow. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah, you do, I really do think so much so quickly falls apart in the main seasons because of it falls apart interpersonally because yeah, the, 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 these young women don't have any control over really anything in their life yet, which is fine. That's not a knock on them. It's the experience. It's canon. And then you have this, like, you have any amount of control you do have being stripped from you in this controlled environment. It's like a re recipe for <laughs> just complete, you know, maniacal, like, fighting. And, and like, you know, Leslie was almost, she almost fell into that. She almost was like, annoyed that Natasha had the audacity to grab the 70s outfit instead of her but it was still just like it was fine you know it I mean maybe it'll come up I I am not convinced that we will not get some really good catty mm. moments on this season it just hasn't Has there been sizzle stuff have you seen a sizzle reel that promises that yeah 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 there is there's in the preview there's at least one or two women kind of like alluding to some drama and i think and this is me stereotyping but like i also i agree with all of what you just said about a lot of these older women and stuff and, and generationally but i also would easily stereotype a lot of them as like catty fucking broads like talking about susan around down the street she doesn't keep her lawn good and she's a fucking cunt, you know, and they're just <laughs> and they're going to talk to the other old ladies on the street. And like I and also most of these women are moms. Who else is an expert at cutting down somebody than a mom? Let's be real. Like ma <laughs> most horrible moms can destroy you with like two sentences that sound polite in the process. Oh, babe, you know, did you mean to wear? your pants that way like it's gonna it's oh and i can't wait for it you know you just reminded me that like hometowns are gonna be like these women taking gary home to like meet their adult sons <laughs> and be like here's kevin he's a twitch streamer <laughs> i really wish he would do something more with his life but gosh do i love him and kevin's just like hey hey, hey. <laughs> Are you be my new dad? <laughs> Aren't you 35? Gary yeah. <laughs> will be like, that looks like a fun game. What kind of game is that? <laughs> Are you a wizard? <laughs> they gave him an iPad and filmed him watching Hannah Brown's moment where she moves the podium from her season during the whatever scene with Luke P. They gave Gary an iPad and made him watch it while he was standing up and they filmed his reaction. And he was literally like that. He's like, oh, golly, that was really cool. I'm really glad to see that woman stood up for herself. I don't think that man was worth her time. And I'm like, Gary! <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he'd record dog food commercials. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, it's it, I, I think we're going to get some drama is just not going to come in the way that the producers are typically used to getting, you know, like that would have normally been an entire, the beginning of entire villain arc for somebody was yeah. that moment that ended just, up being nothing. I feel like the producers don't know how to do anything else different. Like no. they, they're like trained killers. Yeah. And, and so they, yeah, they just, they're like, they're 65 no same tactics like 
And listen, sometimes I feel for them because, like, they need to unionize, too. I've talked to some producers, and it's like, I, I don't blame them sometimes for just going on autopilot and doing the thing that they are trained to do. They have been positively reinforced to do, whether it works anymore or not, because so many times people are, like, sick of it. Like, you know, yeah, it's like, so predictable. Like red sparrows or whatever the jennifer lawrence spy movie was <laughs> like so good raised raised in the system and they don't know the they don't know anything else like yeah. they don't know any better they don't know another life can exist like i want to i want to swaddle them and take them over to the queer ultimatum and show them there can be <laughs> more you don't even yeah. have to do anything if you just put them in the right room they will literally implode on each other they have like jason Bourne programming where you put them in a room full of women and suddenly they've like seized everyone's cell phone <laughs> and within 30 seconds they're like it was just raw instinct i I, I get in a group and I have to cut off everyone's communication. <laughs> Grab it. They just crush the phone in their hand like a Terminator. They're like, this is my one job. I will I will ruin you spiritually. <laughs> and you will thank me for it and be happy to have spawn con even though you are getting death threats. Like it's just the cycle we're in is horrible. So that's my question with Paradise. Are they still getting SpawnCon? Are the TikTok numbers replacing the Instagram numbers for people? Like, what is this floating on top of now? <laughs> very, very precarious door. I think a la Titanic. Like it's only one person can survive on it, and that's. Mm currently still Tyler Cameron, I suppose. Like, I don't know, like he hasn't been on our television screen for years and I feel like he's the only viable, like, spot gone. <laughs> it's clear they still have like a keen sense of social media clout because when like Blake or Hannah Brown appears, they're like, oh my God, it's Blake. And I'm like- It's Hannah Brown, like, what are we gonna do? And it's like, yeah. um, she had to start a podcast because her probably her influencing money isn't like as good as it like used to be, you know? Like, yeah. Like as good as it gets is still like reading mattress ads on a podcast. And, yeah. you know, and and that's for like people who were in a lot of movies too. Right. <laughs> Speaking who were like... of the Dax Shepherds of the world. <laughs> exactly. But it's like yeah like genuine former like big stars are still doing this are is this really the, the beautiful end game we're imagining for ourselves it's like i could be with blake and we could read hello fresh ads so I'm like, maybe maybe being a cpa like isn't <laughs> isn't that bad yeah ultimately like make sure at all of single every single one of you get your real estate license before it like drops off before your scandal comes out before somebody finds out you tweeted something bad make sure you get your real estate license like if there's anything i can tell you it's it's that um it's the lifeblood so truly truly mind-boggling um and then they do a little barbecue for gary's birthday he turned 72 uh during filming and they 
have a little barbecue in the back of the mansion and they surprise him, you know, which is, I thought was pretty cute. Uh, there's a banner that says stay golden. They stole that from me. Um, and, uh, it, and he ha goes and sits down with all the ladies and has little individual things and there's no interpersonal dramas. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's just a nice little barbecue. <laughs> just a nice barbecue. I mean, what I will say is like what you were saying earlier in the very beginning is that what is happening now, and I think this is what's going to make this season so just vitally, like I cannot turn away, is that they are really building these relationships with all these women. Like there is clear a couple of them, in my opinion, that he doesn't necessarily have like super strong connections with, but we are seeing every single one of them getting individualized like sincere clued in attention from him to the point where they're all like losing it already like they're all collectively ready to start saying i'm falling for you by like next week almost because it's because it it's just it, the combination of this like no time to waste experience plus the experiment of this bachelor being in this kind of bubble is really exploding in my opinion and like some of these women are just like leslie's like i i can't believe how much i'm falling you know like i feel for you and like the flirting and the like and then ellen crying because he gave her a picture like it's i'm scared i'm like because i'm so already invested in i want all of these women so far to like succeed i want all of them to be with him and that you can't happen. Wives. <laughs> yeah, I, okay, now wait a second. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, Gary's like, have you heard of the FLDS church? I happen to be a member. Oh my god, that would be the best <laughs> outcome. But yeah, so it's, well, I don't know. Maybe I don't want him to be Warren Jeffs. Uh, but, uh, right. Point. If they could, in a consensual, ethical way, <laughs> figure out how to all be together, that would be great. Uh, yeah, it's it's really powerful to see. Um, he's like, I'm learning everything about each individual woman, about like what they're here for. We get these shots of the women explaining like their bonafide and like what they've got master's degrees in and like it's just so good <laughs> like it would like nothing we've seen before really and uh i yeah i'm worried i'm worried for all of us i'm worried for our hearts uh oh this is not this was back on the group day i just wanted to remember to say this so when he confront he comforts rather this woman i think her name is nancy about her widow experience during the group date photo shoot after they've um gone through it and he gives her the group date rose they have a moment walking off into the sunset like arm in arm uh just like in a comforting way that is the clip they used in the preview at the end to allude to him being like engaged to somebody so like they show him on the proposal platform and then they cut and as the like previews ending, they cut to the scene of them walking away in the distance. You can't see whose face it is. That was being alluded to as his winner. That was in this episode. So I that was just really like that's beautiful. Be a red hair. Yeah, no, and so that was really beautiful editing on the show's part because 
I was actually a little worried last week that like we would figure out who won based on that image. And I didn't want to know like that, you know, like I don't want to know that way. <laughs> that takes the fun out of it for me. But now knowing that it was, it, that has nothing to do with the engagement or non-engagement that happens made me happy to see <laughs> it was a red herring. Um, but yeah, so we go to the rose ceremony and the women are looking gorgeous and he's like, this is going to suck. And it is like, he cries every time so far, which has been pretty cute. And he gives out all of the roses except for uh who um, i refuse to learn anyone's yes. names natasha any yeah shows. unfortunately natasha who's the great like midlife coach lady we love natasha jenny Jeannie, she looked real sweet and peggy uh, that, that could be wrong uh i think two blondes um and he keeps his final rose goes to kathy but she seems like a producer pick to me because uh, she seems like the one that will potentially start drama in the house. Uh, so, or at least we'll be vocal about drama. Like she could be the tattletale. Like she could be like, Gary, you should know that so-and-so is doing something because she's one of, she's, that's the vibe I'm getting from her. Yeah. Um, and... Wait, was Peggy... One of them, I think, is really hot. Do you have Do you have a, a woman in the house who you're like, she's sexy, she's mother? Yeah. Uh, ooh. That changes a little bit from time to time. I like Sandra. She's kind of the woman that has like like a little like the little floop out of the hair. Uh, let's see here. I don't, I'm looking at the cast. Yeah, now. I don't like the the really stereotypical like ones you would think would be like on oh, Bachelor in Paradise. Like they're kind of like I I find them beautiful, of course, but they're like not my type of woman. Like Leslie and Edith, although like Edith is gorgeous, I would I would definitely do it. Um, but I oh, uh, gosh, I'm kind of into April. She's pretty hot. Um. Yeah, I want Susan. I would. I would have a great time with Susan. Yeah, Peggy sixty nine. Hell yeah, bra. She did. She go home. Yeah, I think so. Dental um, hygienist. Yeah. Peggy is a oh, go karting enthusiast. Was the fun fact from the bio? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Peggy and Natasha were were my picks. Oh um, yeah, no, no, and Natasha was the one. I'm very attracted to Natasha too. Ah, it's sad that she went. Um, but yeah, I still like Sandra, Susan, and Susan is the Chris Jenner looking yeah. one. Yeah. 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 Uh Nancy's pretty hot. She was the one that he walked away in the sunset with. She's gorgeous. Um, but like Joan, Joan is like too bachelorette for me in a way that like I'm not feeling um and i guess i would i'd probably hit it off with faith although i'm a little worried about i don't know faith's journey i think leslie who we've been talking about a couple times i think leslie is hot but i don't like her energy i think she is i don't trust her i think she's 40 wr for the wrong reasons and i think she is here to get influencer money or like <laughs> followers. Uh, I think it was just announced this week that she is being um, 
represented by Lori K. Public uh, Production, uh, whatever PR. Oh, the the publicist, yeah. Yeah. So that's I'm like, mm, okay. I I would love it if they're like you're just on here to get more Facebook followers. <laughs> <laughs> What's your LinkedIn list? I like. I need to know. Janice. You message Gary on LinkedIn before the show even started. Listen, I need to. Yeah, exactly. They get leaked. <laughs> oh my god, so true. Uh, you just want Gary's Margaritaville rewards <laughs> points. He has he has really great miles like on Delta. Like it's like it's fine. <laughs> Can I please? Can a girl have a hobby, please? So yeah, uh, wonderful times and the preview looks, I actually don't remember what it was because my brain immediately morphed into BIP mode, which we really are not gonna talk about much. Um, but do you have any opinions on like what's happening in it? Uh, I know you you are currently on strike as far as learning any of their names. I respect I that. <laughs> I feel like when I look at them, they look like AI-generated people. <laughs> I don't feel that they're real. I'm not convinced that they are. It's like a Blade Runner situation or like a Mission Impossible rubber mask situation, where if I met them, I feel like I would want to tug at the skin on their faces <laughs> to see what happened. <laughs> like, seriously, there was a little glitch last night because... Two of them in, I think Aaron and the other pilot, Pete, yes. They were both wearing like the exact same of like floral button up and khaki pants combo. And they both have like the same haircut. And I was like, this is, this has been, this is a glitch in the AI. Like, and they haven't figured out how to make the hands look good. Like something is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't figured out how to give them personalities. <laughs> no, I mean, not at all. Like, Part of what's so jarring coming from Golden Bachelor to watching this is like there it's hard for me to understand how they can be attracted to each other when their jobs are to be attractive and date each other. Does that make sense? It's like like there's nothing to hang on to. There's there's no edges or handholds on the crag of these people that you can get your fingers in. And wow. the Golden Bachelor, people have had textured life experiences. There's yeah. like something to point to where it's like, this is something I like about Nancy. She, I love the way she handles adversity. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what can you all like about each other? And you all went through the same exact thing, like the handheld that you could grasp is that they all got sent home on The Bachelor or Bachelorette recently. Which is not that substantive of a... No, exactly. <laughs> I know we were just applauding yeah. the show on having two widows have a moment, but like that's not, there's, there's not, it's two different fruits. It's like apples and tomatoes. Like it's not... Yeah, it's like a little divot on, on the wall. It's not like, yeah. Something you can get some fingers on with chalk and start scaling it. It's just like, yeah, they're like, oh, I, I, I got sent home on a show that I had a ninety-eight percent chance of being sent home on. Like what? Okay, and so like, 
the, the one like newer weird drama that kind of started to happen is that like uh fuck 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 eliza she was on last bip and she got in a romantic triangle with Rodney and mm, I, I will not remember the other woman's name and then so she went home and it was like whatever it was like traumatic for her and then so now she's she started talking to Aaron B but Aaron B was talking to this other woman named Mercedes who I think was on Zach's season I don't don't quote me and then anyway so then Eliza's like her she starts being triggered she's like the reason I had drama last time is because I was the other woman in a triangle please don't do this to me again which is like all fair and valid but it was just like okay so then Aaron B's like okay I'm not gonna do that I'm just gonna be with you then like we're cutting it off and like that what I guess that like was shitty to Mercedes but again they keep going like one Sean or somebody was like oh that must suck for Mercedes she had a really great conversation with Aaron on the first night okay so you had one great conversation with Aaron on the first night like I I, I don't care never cared less and yeah. the golden bachelor is making that the case like i used to care and i could care i just oh my god <sighs> they are kind of exposing their own product a right. little bit there right. is kind of a risk here that's, I, that's what i kind of feel like i believe you have me being like i don't like oh my god but yeah, that's how I feel about it right now. And I and I feel like there'll be some better drama that comes up, but that'll have me more compelled. Like, I am excited to see Katie come on the beach. And I'm excited of the duo of Katie and Rachel Recchia being there. And I am very excited about Rachel just getting messy as hell because her picker is bad. And listen, would you hate me if I mentioned that my dark theory is that she's eventually going to come out as bisexual? And isn't this a canon event for most bisexuals of her variety? start oh dating really shitty men to just like double down you're you're a rachel lore now too yeah exactly is lore the suffix that yeah, we add now to all of these? well i used to call them gay chell because it was gabby and rachel so gay chell worked but uh and now gabby is gay so i'm it's so like, happy for gabby i know can we give a congrats again to our favorite fucking sapphic in the world <sighs> I love it. I fucking love it. And, you know, anyway, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say the only thing that I thought was like of value last night was the Hannah Brown thing in the regard of to what she did with them. I was so over this, like, oh my God, is she coming on the beach today? Like it was so, it was so played and stupid, but what she did do was fascinating. And that it was this like, just, high level like let's fucking figure out what's happening y'all and like ask them all sorts of like hey cat do you like so and so you do but didn't you like whatever like just like, making the all of them expose themselves and that i liked the potential of her just lighting a match on like almost every single person's like situation and then just walking away and which is like basically what she said she was doing and i was like that's pretty good we should have Hannah Brown do that every time. <laughs> Who is she with now? She she said something about like finding her forever yeah. person or whatever. Some fucking red pill normal normie guy. That's why I like the idea of Katie and Rachel on the beach. Is they're as far as I know to fairly openly progressive bachelor nation women and. 
I feel like their politics are part of why they've kind of been like historically sidelined, even though that's never really said out loud. I've uh, always just kind of caught a vibe of like, mm-hmm. ooh, I, we talked about this with Rachel, where it's like, kind of feel like the vibe on why that dude didn't like Rachel was mm-hmm. that she like supports Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. a little bit. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's just a, an energy I'm picking up on. We finally got more or less confirmation that that was it, too. She she dropped something on an interview with Michelle. They were on a podcast, and she was like, yeah, the conversations we had in the fantasy suites really showed that we did not align on things. And, of course, he would not know that. Like, of course, he would not see it coming. You know, like, he would just not be picking up the context clues of her getting more and more uncomfortable with the conversation of probably, like, you know, guns and pro-life and you know i don't even know right uh yeah so yeah fully agree i think that they do get sidelined when they make any kind of like uh progressive stance they do they don't get as much any opportunities and i personally think they've um punished katie pretty consistently yeah (laughs) and i'm sure she'll get more exactly oh my god did you, when Roe v. Wade was overturned, did you, like, go monitor who actually said something and who didn't? What, as a percentage of the prominent Batch Nation people, like, how, what, how many people said something? Like, 25%, maybe. Like, yeah. It was bad. It was bad. And it was all the usual suspects. It was, like, Becca Kufrin, Katie, Rachel, Lindsay, you know, yeah. um, like... <laughs> you know yeah like the, those types um you know charlene like it like it was all who you more or less expected i think like you know sometimes i've noticed like some men you know, like mike johnson will usually chime in positively uh a couple of the other ones but it's a pretty rare you know that any of them would and but at least most of them have just decided to not say anything and that was after the great you know, war of 2020 and 2021, of which I was a part of, you know, collectively yes. <laughs> ruining the days of most of those people. That's uh, your traumatic best. Yeah, that's my origin story. Um, Are you a Katie lore? Oh, I, yeah, no, and actually, I think she's more or less come out as bi. Really? Actually, at this point, it was very subtle. Her, Caitlin Bristow, I would love for Caitlyn Bristow to be gay, personally. Yeah. No, like Caitlyn did. Caitlyn came out as bisexual. It was just Wait. subtle. She came out on a podcast and she said she was bisexual before they casted her, and that the production knew. Like she is, she is you out. Need to send just, me that. Yeah, but she didn't do it in this big, like, flourishing way, which I respect. You know, it's very, it's very Taylor Swift of her. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think Katie kind of did the same thing, although she wasn't like, she didn't idea. I, as bisexual before being cast i don't think um but There's something just gay about being on tv yeah, yeah. i feel yeah. like it's a little gay to want to be on television yeah that's why i think a lot of the men are bi or just gay oh 100 like, like so many of them i'm like okay like what like all right and, and I think a lot of the, you're right. Like, I never know why I think that per se. Like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm like stereotyping these, like, these muscle bros, et cetera. But like, I think you're right. Like, inherently just wanting to be on the TV in this type of way is just like so gay. 
well, they're signing up for largely a homosocial ex- experience. Right. Like, they're not so straight that they're like, oh, hell yeah, brother, I'm gonna go, like, meet a hot chick. It's like, no, you're gonna, God, I, I, you can tell I was raised in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're like, oh, I'm gonna go stay in a house with 30 other dudes and do bicep curls <laughs> by the pool. It's like, yeah, and have a lot of complex feelings about my bro Aaron. <laughs> yeah and increasingly they're they have interesting i mean jesse at least seems to have some interesting like like masculine body dysmorphia going on in a very interesting way fascinating i just think that there's interesting stuff happening with with the men yeah 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 absolutely and it i like i would love if there was some kind of way we could have like a behind the scenes peak documentary expose of like the the gay bathhouse lifestyle of the bachelor nation like like what is happening behind the scenes like is there a way to code it or to like leave a hanky or something for the other men in this you know because obviously not all of them are queer but like you know a new the new bachelorette next season there's gonna be a whole group of 30 new men and is there a way that they can all connect in this like back door? <laughs> I still want to know about Clint and Arliss or whatever their names were. Do you remember that? It was like yeah. eight years ago. Yeah, JJ and Clint or something. Yeah, Arliss. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, and it's like, and I actually had this. I had a conversation with a, a another gay podcaster who isn't in the Bachelor Nation, but we did like an episode where I like ranked the top five gayest things that ha- has ever happened. And one of it was like talking about JJ and Clint, talking about Aaron and James from like Katie's season, I believe, and how distinctly the show uses these male homoerotic friendships as blatant jokes for the show. Like, ha ha ha, they're running off the beach together, shirtless, their best bros are kind of gay a little bit, we're having a good time, but they use the bisexual women as like this perversion, this this uh, um, aggressiveness, you know, like when Jamie King was on, she was the first bisexual to ever be on Paradise, out rather, uh, out bisexual, they were like, she'll take she'll take anyone's woman, like, you better watch out, you know, and they, t- they tried to do that with Demi as well, and like, there have been bisexuals that have come out since and it's like are they on paradise yet no maybe i'm fingers crossed but in general then the nation treats the sapphics as like this something that we have to handle with kid gloves in some capacity but the men it's just a joke and it's very frustrating like it's so frustrating and i i i i pray for a day where it's different and i i hope gabby is the future like they had her prominently featured during charity's finale so like clearly they're okay with her coming out <laughs> but I but it's like because they can't and use Robbie her on the like, beach. Oh, i want God. them like on the beach just having a good time like overseeing i want them to be like the statler speaking of muppets like the the little muppets in the opera box i want gabby and robbie to to be that watching well, the the street people did you see did you watch last season's paradise 
No, I don't think I, I, I sort of tapered off at the end of Charity's yeah. season, and which is why some of their faces look like they were made in mid-journey. Yeah, uh, um, but last season they had this whole like running bit where they had Ashley and Jared come back as a married couple. Oh, okay. I did watch this. Then. And like, yeah, and just like be there as like the kooky, kooky couple that's like, you know, hey, we like your vibe, but not really. Like, I wish it was that. <laughs> Me and my wife from across the bar. No, but that's what that's what bought that's what Robbie and Gabby could be, you know? Like, could we have them come and be the Ashley Jared of the season? Do you know how funny their like day-to-day interactions must be? Like Robbie is, from what I've comedian. heard from yeah. Los Angeles friends, like a very funny and talented comedian. And yeah. then Gabby is not professionally a comedian, but like every word that comes out of her mouth yeah. is hilarious i'm like you don't need to do ab crunches when you're in that relationship like you are just like (laughs) like i don't know i'm so happy for her like to have her first like gay experience be with somebody who's so funny and smart and like self-assured seemingly i'm not saying robbie doesn't have like their own you know triggers and traumas too but like I just like, oh my god, what a best case scenario to have for your first like big public oh my god. It makes me want to cry. I'm so happy. I would like to be like I would transform myself into a cat to just like live in their house, you know? I would give up human sentience to just experience life with Gabby and Robbie. Oh, please. Let me know if you can help me get an interview. I have an email drafted in my inbox to send to them because I I did at one point actually work with Robbie when I helped produce a queer comedy festival five years ago. Um, and I like technically hosted a show, like a couple shows that Robbie was on. Robbie would not remember me, but I know Robbie and I have Robbie's email. And I already have one name to drop, the person who was the actual creator of that comedy festival, who's a comedian i used to be a comedian but i uh but i'm still nervous to send it and i'm just like i I gotta get i have to get them on i have to get gabby and robbie on this podcast somehow yeah it's gotta happen i know there are degrees of separation uh people loosely involved with the patricia adaptation like Mm -hmm. are are friends with robbie or something like that that. oh Well, okay, yeah, let's talk about you for a minute and then we'll head off because we don't have anything else to say about Paradise, y'all. We'll be back again next week. But yes, you wrote Patricia Wants to Cuddle, which is my favorite book of 2022. And I, you are working on having a television adaptation of it made, which is so exciting for me, Uh, exciting for every gay in America, let's be honest. Uh, and then you're also writing a new book. So tell us what uh, about these things that are happening. Yeah, I'm writing a new book for the same publisher that did mm. Patricia Wants to Cuddle. It's called Roland Rogers Isn't Dead Yet. <laughs> and it's about a struggling, what we call a mid-list writer, referring to like, you know, their agent kind of pays attention t- to them, but not really. And he he out of nowhere gets tasked with writing the memoir of a very famous celebrity named Roland Rogers. 
only to show up at Roland Rogers' house and discover that Roland Rogers is dead and wants him to write the memoir from Beyond the Grave. And that's as mm. much as I can say without spoiling it. But if mm. you, if listeners of the podcast liked Patricia, you'll you'll like Roland as well. It's I it's a romance. It is not a horror novel. It's kind of it's more of a quirky supernatural rom-com. Yeah. And it also has some things to say about age and life and love and career and you know what any of this even means just very fitting for our conversation about gary and the golden bachelor but if also if you're like you know a dumois or a reader or a gayler or a celebrity gossip person there's plenty of humor in it for you as well because it is ultimately a story about a struggling writer and one of the most famous movie stars in the world um, having to find some common ground to complete a project. Oh, I love it. We got to work together to, to figure out the mystery of Taylor Swift is gay or not. So yeah, I, I, uh, I'm so excited for that. That's coming out next year. Um, I don't know it's, if it's been announced yet, okay. but I can say within the next year and a half you will almost certainly have it in your gay little hands i was speaking to the listeners no, yeah, i didn't mean, mean to say that in such a barbed way directly <laughs> to you. no um, i'm so. fine i'm like yeah i don't have anyone else on my hands so i might as well have <laughs> this book uh yeah that is so exciting and i also look forward to any any hopeful future things for patricia Keep and, those fingers crossed. Yeah, Los Angeles is a big, scary place where truly. things but happen. Patricia is also big and scary. She sure is. She's eight feet tall. She's big you and know, scary. <laughs> one of the more interesting responses I've seen to Patricia is like, I do have to mention that Patricia is has a bosom, like so that people can gender her yeah. correctly in the novel. And also she's eight feet tall. So a human would just kind of, it would be one of the first things you see of Patricia if you were eye to eye. Absolutely. But, <laughs> just, just throwing that out there for any random Patricia readers who, who were like, why does she keep talking about Patricia having boobs? And I'm like, so they, so they know. Yeah, no, I, I, I knew right away. I feel like, uh, and it was, it's a great desire. So if you haven't read that book, I'm really seriously begging you. A lot of the listeners have and have asked for you to come back because they, they loved when you were on before and they love your work. And uh, yeah, as a, as one Gaylor to a, a, a basic Gaylor, I thank you again for also helping us figure out who Travis Kelsey is. You're doing the Lord's work. <laughs> Are people not okay with Travis? Like, why do they want it to be PR? Do gayers want her to be lesbian? Or... Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but they won't tell you that. You know, that's not the yeah. reason. But it, but it is. That's why I'm actually having a good time because I actually I think she's like bi and I like don't really like I'm having a good time as a fan. This is my first experience with her doing a like something like this you know that's not super problematic because the last guy was really bad and like racist and sexist and this um, was horrible Ma uh, matthew yeah matthew. matthew okay um so like that wasn't fun 
And so this is fun. I'm having I'm having a great time because I have no stakes in it in that regard. No one should have any stakes in it, but there are literally so many gay like so your your thing was so good. You were like, are the gailers okay? So to seem not really, but they are persisting because like <laughs> it's literally I just I screenshot somebody quoting you on on Gaylor Twitter again today. But like in a fun way, they like added a gift to it because they were like, Yes, Samantha's correct. We are barely Wait. holding on. <laughs> Was it you that that someone, my Swifty friend, I think, sent me a screenshot of you or someone else with the caption like media literacy for Gaylers? Yes. <laughs> Which I have a message for the Gaylers as a senior culture editor at a at a at a queer publication. Um, PR people are not Machiavellian agents of <laughs> of destruction they mostly send emails sometimes if they really don't like the way something is covered they send angrier emails um, right but it's like but, they're not they're not yeah giving you cold hard cash behind the 7-eleven yeah, i've never you... received an envelope of cash asking me to cover something and if i did i would have to refuse it to keep my job <laughs> and i feel like some of the stuff that i've seen in my brief foray into gaylordom suggests a view of the way the media operates that is more cynical than it needs to be yeah i won't say that the world of celebrity and entertainment entertainment coverage is is a totally ethical enterprise right right absolutely no 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 yeah yeah, yeah absolutely but you you can't really engineer the things that people think are being engineered um no and also like it it's it's clearly showing that a lot of it doesn't work like it even used to like you know like whoever was trying to help Joe Jonas through his divorce has not done a good job. You know, like whatever is going on, <laughs> it, like it's, it, it doesn't land the way it used to land anymore. And part of that is the delusions of people like on Gaylor Twitter who don't believe anything that anyone's saying, except for unless it feeds into the delusion. Like that is the, the, the fun part to watch is like this article totally confirms my bias this other one all lies and has nothing to do with anything and it's like okay it's because you didn't like that particular one it doesn't confirm your biases you know and i and i speak from somebody who does that myself like I, I i will engage in that same behavior to an extent but it's just funny they see these people as like almost as like greek gods and like the media is their their little mouthpiece in these enormous wars and battles and i'm like mostly we just want people to click on things and see perfume and car ads so that like we could continue to have a barely tolerable existence, <laughs> existence. <laughs> like i am not invested in what anyone who reads my publication thinks about taylor swift or <laughs> travis kelsey i just want to i just want to survive oh and God. and work for my queer little website <laughs> are you in a position where you've gotten like people though giving you like death threats or whatever or hate from like the hetler side of it you know because like in a sense by you even mentioning the word gayler you're you're speculating whether you 
are on that side or not, you know? I mean, the comment section of that post was extremely chaotic. Yeah. And I, you see the, the Gaylor versus Hitler war being waged in real time. Real time. Front lines are right there in those Instagram comments. Because there are people who are like, why are you posting about Taylor Swift? She's straight. And then there are people replying to them being like, oh, I have news for you about Taylor Swift. And then like (laughs) the same Reddit debates that I've seen like play out (laughs) again. In the comments of an Instagram post, like literally, yeah. it's so fucking wild. Oh my god! And I'm like, like, I just want health insurance, guys. <laughs> like, well, like last year, somebody from Rolling Stone made a a pretty big Gaylor uh art, like a full on like Gaylor article for Rolling Stone, and the conniption that that caused was wild. But like, the the Hetlers like. I mean, they were, like, sending that person death threats and just being, like, trying to get them fired. Like, how dare you? I'm like, somebody at Rolling Stone approved it. Like, it's not, you know, it's fine. But but then that was what started the craziness because then Gaylers were like, well, Taylor works for Rolling... She works with Rolling Stone really closely. If they approved this article, it means that, you know, it was just, like, both sides were completely off (laughs) or like in in like their own like spiral you know yeah she's i i think like she does pay attention to things but also celebrities they do press for publications that they criticize them like we do still live in a first amendment society and like people recognize that and you yeah a publication can run a scathing op-ed about someone who then gets profiled by the arts section of that mm-hmm. newspaper or whatever. It's mm-hmm. just like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're not going to turn down the press because mm-hmm. you didn't like the other article that Rolling Stone did. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. But it's it's pretty hard to convince Swifties of anything like that doesn't mean that she didn't intentionally try to tell us that through seven layers of her being removed from it you know it's good yeah it's wild but anyway that's what's fun about it um and exhausting but <laughs> thank you again Stay safe for, out there I yeah guess. actually thank you i really was like oh lord <laughs> um yes stay safe out there too samantha and uh, make sure everybody you're following uh where are you at it's at n-e-e no n-e-e-b-e-s-s on instagram me best i think i explained it on the last episode yeah. but there was a college bookstore in johnson city tennessee called nebo and i thought it sounded like an alien home world so <laughs> that's my handle me best n-e-e-b-e-s-s and you'll find a little picture of Patricia, the lovable, cuddly Sasquatch. And uh, yeah, just stay tuned and make sure uh, you buy her book when it comes out. And you'll be back. So we'll we'll have you back on. Yeah, but be lovely. Patricia's in paperback, yes. ready to be read. And then Good. the new one will follow shortly. I love that. Thank you so much again for coming. This is the best conversation I've had. <laughs> this is a treat thank you (laughs) i cherish opportunities to ask about gaylers questions and receive honest answers exactly oh my god anyone wants to come on let any of your other um uh writer friends know because like people ask me to like talk about things um on the podcast and i just get overwhelmed i'm like where am i going to start 
But like, if I have a starting point, if I have a question, I have a thing to like go off of. I I got it all for you. I've been, I'm there. You know. I need you to talk to my Swifty friend who is also who is from Missouri. So she's like, this situation is designed to be my personal hell. Yeah. Because absolutely. like suddenly everyone is talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. And she was like, I like grew up in Kansas City surrounded by NFL fans. Yeah, please send me her please send me her uh her Instagram. We have to talk. Yeah. It is I, I said I made a TikTok the when it first happened, I was just like, God bless to anyone out there who's even remotely known as a Swifty in an area where you might be approached about football, you are in dire straits right now. And I feel for you. <laughs> I know what I said in the article, like this is a perfect storm. Like the pop girlies and the sports people were not supposed to mesh like this. It's no. like nuclear level stuff. What, oh, yeah. What's happening culturally right now. No, it's getting, it's getting hot. It's getting hot. Like there's literal, it's getting pretty bad, but uh, I, <laughs> It's gonna explode. It's so bad. <laughs> but it's Justin Bieber next to your quote. Are the Kaylees handling the news not great, it seems, but they persevere. Credit to my editor in chief who 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 wrote that sentence for the social graphic. So perfect. Oh, I love it. Well, y'all, thank you again for listening and staying golden with me during this experience, this season, this doubleheader. I do torture myself by watching Paradise, but and then I don't really talk about it. Although I think I gave it a fair. We give it it. We give it its due. Uh, but y'all, thank you so much again. Stay uh, on the socials. Send me, me DMs and messages, and rate and review if you get a chance. Share with a friend who is also consuming. Golden Bachelor. Actually, last week I sat down at a food cart pod seating area and an older lady at the next table was telling her family about how she watched the Golden Bachelor. She had never watched a single Bachelor thing ever in her life and she sat down and watched it and loved it. And then they left before I could ask her to come on the podcast. (laughs) So um, anyway, y'all are the best. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Date Card Pod. Make sure you're following the podcast on all of the social media platforms. On Instagram and TikTok, it is at Date Card Pod. On Twitter, it's at Date Card Podcast. And you can email me at DateCardThePodcast at gmail.com. This podcast is hosted and produced by myself, Jenna Vesper. And you can find me on at Jenna with a smile on Instagram and check out all my other fun projects I have. Thank you so much to Michaela Jane for our amazing artwork and find her at MichaelaJane.com. And a huge thank you to Jed Overly for our theme music. You can find him on Instagram at JeddyBoyJames. If you're loving the podcast, make sure you share it with a friend, share it with your boss, share it with your mom, maybe an enemy. I don't really care as long as you share it. Okay. And maybe leave a review. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Hello and welcome to the ad for Afternoonified. The ad where we try to convince you to listen to our show. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. We hope you like mummies, weird religions, cheese, historical figures, dicks, religion, and like a lot of other stuff. Did it work? Are you going to listen? Emily, they can't hear you. They're like pressing the skip button right now. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com.
This, this is as above, so below.